Not everyone can claim to be responsible for moving a community forward. Well in Transit staff do just that every day of the week. As the city gets ready for an exciting new on-demand service and the return to normal operations, what better time to learn about the variety of ways to travel across Welland? And, after years of discussion, the amalgamation of a transit system for all of Niagara is happening next year. So, what exactly does that mean? Our guest today is Transit Manager Ed Zara, and he is here to enlighten us on the operations, services, and all things that keep the wheels on the bus going round and round. Climb on board and take a seat as we find out with Ed. What's up, Welland? On today's episode, we've got Ed Zara, manager, uh, transit manager, manager of transit or transit manager? Manager of transit. Manager, manager of transit. Manager. Okay, we've got Ed Zara, manager of transit, joining us today to uh, to talk about all things Welland. Uh, Ed, we've spent some time together recently doing NextGen, so I've seen you via video screen, but it's nice to actually be back in a room with you, so thanks for joining us well, today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's definitely nice to put some, some faces to names, <laughs> and uh, you know, got to meet Paul this morning, and uh, no, happy to be here. This is exciting. This is the first time you met Paul in person? It is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Lots of emails back and forth, a couple phone calls, but... Yeah. In a not, room not even a Zoom. Didn't even get the virtual meet and greet. Just got, <laughs> but this is this is better. This is awesome. It well, is Paul. Paul Ed. Pleasure <laughs> again. <laughs> so Ed, we are all eagerly looking forward to life after a few years of these pandemic restrictions. For transit, what does this mean? Getting back to normal or whatever new normal of operations is for you and your team. As someone focused on moving people safely around the community. What are you most looking forward to as we come out of this pandemic? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We're we're excited to to get people back on transit. We want to show the city, we want to show our riders, our customers, the region, um, everybody that that transits here to bring people to all the fun and exciting things that are with that are developing within the city, that are coming back to the city. Um, and we're trying to make it so that it's it's more convenient, accessible. Um, and we're, we're really excited to, to have those riders back. I know our drivers miss some of the conversations that they had with the with the uh, with the public and and their regulars and some that have maybe been cooped up for you know a year and a half trying to stay safe at home. But we've done everything that we possibly can as far as safety measures, ensuring that our buses are clean um, beyond the expectations and standards that uh, that our customers expect. Um, so we've we've maintained that throughout the pandemic. We're continuing to do that. Uh, we're still following all regular public health guidelines to ensure that everyone feels comfortable on transit. Um, but we are excited just to see the faces back on the buses and and keep people moving to where they need to go. It's interesting. I, I never thought about it, but like you said, with the bus drivers kind of having those conversations with you know the regulars and. You know, I guess in some senses, transit is similar to kind of like your local coffee shop or your local watering hole, right? Like you get to know the people and the faces and their stories, and then you get cut cut off from them uh, for an extended period of time. And it's kind of like seeing an old friend. No, absolutely. And, and that is, that is the kind of community that we, that we see here in Welland, especially. Um, I mean, coming from Toronto, it was, you had that, just not the same level of, of, personal touch with with the riders you know some some of them are neighbors or or family members that that get on the transit so there's already that established connection and it's something that was 
very welcoming and warm to see when when I did come to Welland. And I know a lot of the the drivers do appreciate that. Like you said, the coffee shop, the water cooler, whatever is your local, you know, normal hangout. And in in some cases, it's the bus. And and we appreciate that. So speaking of transit, of course, because that's what this (laughs) is about. Uh, It's my smooth segue into uh, my next question. But um, there's an app, an on-demand scheduling app called RideCo. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to correct you on your show, uh, but the ride, <laughs> Please co- do. the ride co is the, is the software provider. Uh, so not an app. It, there is an app, um, but it is a well in transit based app gotcha. powered by ride co. There's okay. the technical clarity, uh, just to avoid any further confusion. Uh, cause we had some ourselves, right? We're like, Oh, we're going to download this ride co app. And, and it's like, no, you, you have your own app. It's, it's well in transit. So when, when customers are looking for it, they can look for well in transit and they'll just see the ride co, um, in the corner there. But essentially, uh, we employed ride co, uh, last year, um, for our specialized service. Uh, it was successful. It, it works very well with us. Um, there's some other municipalities within Niagara that use it. Um, but now we're going to focus on, on an enhanced augmented service for the on-demand. Uh, so we recognized um, ourselves and, and some counselors that there's some areas within the city that was not accessible through transit just by means of there was no service provided. Uh, so the on-demand through well in transit is now going to reach city limits. Um, so everybody within the city now has access to transit. Uh, the, there's a, a fare structure that's a little bit different to, to our conventional service. Uh, so if you ride our conventional service, it's a $3 fare. If you're in the outskirts, um, some of the outer limits or city limits uh, of Wellen, uh, there's a $2 surcharge, uh, for that on demand, uh, curb to curb style pickup, pick you up at at the edge of your driveway, bring you downtown to the terminal, um, or it'll bring you even to your friend's house that lives in another area that's not serviced by by transit um, or conventional means. So you, you still have that flexibility um, all through the app. Um, if you have a smartphone, if you, if you don't, uh, there's always an opportunity to call us um, with our dispatch service and they can book that ride for for the customers who don't have the the mobile device to to power the app up or or laptop computer. It's it's many means. Uh, there's going to be some communication coming out. So I know I'll start filling your plate, Mark, <laughs> to get that uh, to get that rolled out for for passengers uh, existing and, and hopefully new. I think this is something that. Um, will gain a lot of interest. Uh, one, because you may not have had a bus available to you before um, and you only had one means of transportation, whether that was, you know, asking a friend or family member for a ride or, or using a taxi service. Uh, now you have an additional option um, for that. So hopefully uh, we, we are looking forward to rolling it out. It starts May 1st. Um, right so, around the corner. Yeah, so yeah. it's coming really quickly. Um, but we, we've got everything in line. We've got some new riders guides out, some information packages for people. Um, and again, like th- those new, new riders that we were definitely anticipating. So we're excited to, to bring them on board and we're taking any questions that, uh, come our way in regards to on-demand transit. Awesome. So you guys are ready, ready we're for ready. May one. We're ready. Awesome. Exciting stuff. Um, Ed, you mentioned other municipalities. So big news that we know is coming is that the region is amalgamating transit into one service. And what can you tell us about this? How will transit users in Welland across the Niagara region municipalities benefit from this? So this is all 
super top secret. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about this actually to date. So, um, no, there, there's a lot of discussions that are happening. It's it's a really interesting time for both riders and transit staff alike. This is this is new. Um, this it's been done in other properties throughout Ontario. Um, we're, and we're replicating um, some of what's been done, the Durham region, York's and so forth, uh, Grand River. Um, but as far as the, the rider perspective goes, um, this is going to open the door. OK, um, transit users will now have full accessibility, a more seamless transition to go from as far as Grimsby to Fort Erie um, and everywhere in between. Um, there's. There's discussions uh, happening right now about harmonized fare structures, so so an easier use, a more accessible use, uh, a more streamlined approach to to transit, similar to where you would see in in bigger areas, the Mississaugas, the Toronto's, uh, the Durham regions, all the all of that kind of all of that kind of nature. And and when I mean opening the door, it's it's not just opening the door to say. Okay, now I can go visit my grandmother who lives, you know, an hour away from me um, or 45 minutes by way of by way of a taxi or or again, using that, you know, friend or family member to get you there. Now you, you've gained some independence um, to get to those trips, but also opening the door in the sense of opportunities for um, maybe some of our younger riders, our, our, our high school students, our college students um, and where they would only get a job or an opportunity around the corner. Now it's brought up. So, you know, maybe there's a position in St. Catharines or, or Niagara Falls that, you know, they don't have to ask mom or dad for a ride and they can get there, um, you know, get a little bit of, of weekend money for, for them and, and build that economy that way. So, um, and not just the r- younger rider, you know, people getting to and from work commuters, uh, I know our gas prices are, are going up. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've seen, you know, quite the increase in that. So maybe transit is a, is a more economically, um, wise decision for some people or, or a benefit to some people that they want to use that, um, to get to and from work. And, and they'll be able to do that, uh, more seamlessly now that, that we're all working, not to say we're not working together, us in the municipalities, but we are independent. We run mm-hmm. our own system, but, um, but we'll, um, we'll it, it'll provide that sort of access to them, so they'll they'll be able to do that for sure. I just have you brought up the gas prices, and I just have a very <laughs> very curious question. Um, when you see the gas prices go up, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen them this high in my lifetime. Or you see them dip. Does that affect your ridership? Like, are there? Do you see the wave in? increases and decreases in your ridership as gas prices go up and down? So surprisingly, we ha- based on, you know, the last, let's say, month or so where where we have seen such an increase in in the prices, um, it hasn't reflected on our on our dashboards, on our, our KPIs or performance indicators or even the ridership numbers in that respect. Um, we haven't seen the trend sort of align um, here in Welland. Um, but it is interesting to think that way. We we did presume that there may be some um but again the numbers aren't aren't matching so it's i can't say that they're going up or down because of because of that um it's pretty it's pretty status quo uh obviously covid affected the the ridership that was yeah. the biggest the biggest hit um on our ridership numbers and and they are increasing which is good and maybe it is because of the gas prices but we've had this gradual increase so to say it's because of that 
it, we haven't seen the big spike mm-hmm. to, to, okay. to confirm that. But uh, but interesting thought. It was something we discussed, uh, but we can't can't pin it on anything specific aside from um, people getting out and, uh, you know, moving away from that COVID stay at home mm-hmm. culture that we yeah. had. Right. Well, it's good to see or good to hear uh, that. Uh, ridership numbers are going up. Uh, so that that's great. Uh, so just with, with the transit amalgamation. So, I mean, a lot of this, I think sometimes gets framed around kind of what you said, right? It opens that door from uh, border to border, from Grimsby to Fort Erie, wherever you need to go. But for those riders who are saying, well, I only ride within Welland anyway, what change, if any, would occur for them by this amalgamated transit system? So, so when this starts, um, the projected date, um, is January 1st. Okay. Of 2023. Uh, so as far as being a Welland transit rider and, and staying within Welland, those riders won't see a drastic change. Um, our routes are going to stay the same. The service levels will stay relatively the same, um, with the exception that, there is going to be an expansion of the actual hours themselves to be in line with what the region's putting together. Um, so currently we offer a 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, and when the service standards were set out, uh, it'll it'll likely be about an hour earlier and, and about an hour, hour or two later. Um, so again, increasing that, that service uh, level will then allow more opportunities for individuals that may work later shifts or start earlier. Uh, and if they use transit to get to and from work. So that is the positive change that they'll see. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say there's positive and negatives. You know, there's there's always a balance of both between uh, with any sort of change. Uh, but everything's going to stay status quo with the exception of of that positivity that's that's coming by way of an expansion of our service. Our Sunday service will get extended um and then for those that use our our uh, specialized service, um, they'll have a, a broader reach as well, too, so that it's not a distinction between the regional and, and municipalities. So they'll have a bit of a harmonization between that. So, again, more more positive change with the amalgamation of the municipalities. Great. So for now, everything's status quo with well status and transit quo. as it uh, currently provides service. And then as that uh, new year, January 1st, 2023 date inches closer I would imagine a flurry of information will be shared with yeah, the entire region to get them familiar with, uh, you know, what's happening, the new new fare structure, if there is one, and all those kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, right? all that communication will, will start rolling out um, probably midsummer towards fall. There'll be some more consistent communications by way of public council reports, um, media releases, and so forth that uh, that they put out. Whatever's um, Whatever's able to be made public will be made public to ensure that the riders are well informed as to what changes are happening, especially if they are a daily user. Um, and then for those new riders, there may be some information that they see that is attractive that brings them into mm-hmm. using the new transit uh, of tomorrow. So um, as, I, as I get lost here in uh, what I'm supposed to be doing, because I'm uh, <laughs> so intently listening <laughs> on Ed's responses, I'm looking at Paul like, hey. And I'm just listening and Paul's looking at me like, no, no, man, it's, it's your turn. <laughs> Nerding um, out on transit here. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, w- before uh, the next scheduled question, actually, this one kind of popped in my head as you were speaking. Uh, and you mentioned the the hours um, and the increased service time uh, with the amalgamation. And I think 
one of the misconceptions people might have with transit is, you know, they see a bus go by and they look at it and they think, oh, there's nobody on that bus. Why are they running this? Um, what can you tell us about that? Because uh, I think people would be interested to kind of hear, you know, how all of transit is structured and, you know, you've, you've got to run the service and, you know, there's, you can't dictate how many people are going to get on or off. Um, but yeah, yeah. Give us a, that's, us a that's an interesting question. Uh, it does come up, uh, quite a bit from, from various, various sources, uh, whether it's within the transit world, um, through, through the provincial and, and national organizations our our professional groups, uh, or whether it's, the public or riders themselves or, or in settings like this where it's just, you know, other staff that are just kind of interested to know that. Um, and it is a tough balance. I can't pinpoint a specific answer to say, you know, we do it this way because of this or that. There's there's a, a multitude of affecting um, or a multitude of, of things that, that can happen that affect it. Um, but to kind of simplify it, the, the best way is transit's provided to be uh, convenient, um, and to, especially on the conventional service side, our, our fixed routes, the, the big 40 foot buses that you see out there, uh, we want to ensure that we're, we're getting to the most amount of residents and potential riders as possible. Um, so when we look at our, our conventional routes, uh, the way that they're structured in, in Welland, um, we have a clover leaf style system. So everybody leaves and comes into the hub. Um, so our routes have to be in line as far as timing goes, uh, which is a bit of a unique system than some of some of the bigger properties uh, where they have endpoints. Um, where more adjusting, more flexibility can be done on those on those routes uh, as far as service levels and so forth. But so we are we are limited in that respect. Um, so when we try to design our, our fixed routes, we try to ensure that the the maximum amount of coverage is being done for the city itself. We look at it uh, holistically as as the city, um, and as we gain technology, um, one of the the advancements that we were able to be successful with last year was um, was automated passenger counters. So another bit of you know, nerdness on, on transit <laughs> technologies here. So, um, this, this program, this software that we're, that we're putting into the buses, uh, here in Welland, um, essentially counts people coming in and off the bus, um, at every stop and every route and every location. Um, so we'll be able to use that to then further support decisions. Like you're asking, like, Hey, we have a, we have a bus route and the bus goes by and there's only one or two people on it. Um, but, we can maybe adjust it to see where there's a school or a hospital or something that we know that there's going to be more influx of, of passengers. Um, but sometimes the misconception is that you may see one or two people in your area or where you, the stop is near you, but then you get two or three kilometers down the road and they're picking up 15, 16 people just at that one stop, right? So that's for the whole route. Um, and when we adjust routes, it, it does affect timing and we want to ensure that we're still in line with that, that regular 30 minute service. Uh, so there's, like I said, there's a, a bunch of factors that go into that. Uh, and sometimes you don't see everything that that particular route, um, is designed to, to meet. Um, but with these new technology that we're getting in, we can definitely make more informed decisions. We're, we're really excited to get that because, um, it, we haven't had it. Uh, we've we've made a lot of decisions um, based on best knowledge, based on history, um, anecdotal 
items, now we have some tangible information that we can say, this is why we do it. This is the benefit that it'll be, so on and so forth. It makes sense. Well, and I mean, I know I should have been paying so much more attention to actually ask you questions, but instead I've just been paying attention to listen as if I've got to write a test at the end of this. So thank <laughs> you, you for the wealth of knowledge that you've shared. I didn't expect to get this into transit and just essentially, as you said before, nerd out over it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with nerding out. No, I, I this anything. is, oh my gosh, I love nerding out. This has been my episode to just sit and listen. It's like... I, I'm in school right now. This is amazing. Well, getting excited over transit is always a good thing. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Well, Ed, what we get excited about here is this last question. If you can give us a yes or no answer, we've gotten some caveats lately, but if you can give us a yes or no answer, does pineapple belong on pizza? If I say yes, I think my nonna will be very upset with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, pineapple pineapple doesn't go on pizza. Um, it, it never hits my oven. Um, but I will not say no to somebody offering me a piece of pizza with pineapple on it. So I, I don't want to give you a yes or no. I won't make it. But I won't say no to it. I can't say no to a slice of okay, pizza. Okay, so I, I'm going to say that counts towards a no. I'm going to count that as a no for sure. I won't order a pizza for you. Yes. I won't order it. I you won't make not. it. All right. but it's being thrown at you. I, I can't say no. It's free food. Absolutely. And yeah, you don't I don't want to be rude. Food. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wanna, yeah. All right. So. Well, Ed, what a pleasure it was having you here today. Thank you for oh, the insight for the into Well in Transit. No, I appreciate it. This is fun. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. So on reflecting what Ed shared with us today about Well in Transit, now is that chance that we have to bridge the gap and reflect on what we learned. My big takeaway before I bat things over to Mark was the RideCo and the scheduling app and how Well in Transit is using technology to improve its service, to grow with its customers, but at the same time, still keep those channels of communication open for those in our community who may not be on smartphones or screens or as uh, as tech savvy as some. Um, it still gets everybody that needs to use transit on transit, whether you are picking up a phone, whether you are looking at it over a website, whether you are looking at it on a screen in your pocket, they seem to be growing with our community and with the needs and keeping their service tailored to what will keep well and moving forward. Mark, what was your big takeaway? So I think one of the things that I've probably heard the most in my role in communications with the city when it comes to transit is people with the question uh, as to why they see a bus that maybe only has a handful of passengers on it, or maybe they happen to see it drive by when it's empty. And they say, well, why are we running these buses when there's nobody on them? And so I asked that question to, to Ed today because I thought, you know, who better to ask for yeah. a response than, uh, you know, the, the person who manages our transit system. And, and so I think, you know, he really hit the nail on the head because, if you're standing on the street and you see a bus pass by, really, you're only getting a snapshot of we that We see it route. in that moment. Yeah. You get a, a, a one frame of an entire movie because, like I said, a couple kilometers down the road, they may pick up 15, 20, 30 people. And then another kilometer down the road, they may pick up another 20. And all of a sudden, if you were standing closer to the end of that route, you would see a full bus, right? So I think just kind of 
you know, there, there's probably some misconceptions about how transit operates, um, why the services run at the times they do and the routes they do. And, you know, like I said, people see them uh, with fewer people on them. And of course, we're coming out of COVID too, right? We've been yes. shut down for so long where A, there was nowhere to go. B, people were hesitant to be around other people. And so we're just slowly getting back. And I think it's great. Like Ed said, ridership numbers are increasing. That return to normalcy is slowly starting to happen. And, uh, you know, so it's just, you know, maybe food for thought next time. If you're one of those people who says, oh, you know, that, that bus looks a little empty. Why are we doing this? Maybe just have a, a sober second thought and say, you know what? Maybe that the next stop, there's 20 people waiting. Who knows? Or maybe 20 people just got off and it is a, a moment of reprieve from one stop to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, all, all things said and told through this episode, you know, I think the other thing that I really enjoyed hearing was just, you know, the bus drivers being able to get reacquainted kind of oh, with their absolutely. regulars and, and, and even the people who aren't regulars, the people who maybe are they're one offs. But, you know, you get that human inter- interaction again, you get to have a quick conversation and it, it can make all the difference in the world, especially after being kind of closed up for the last couple of years. The idea of a transit bus being the same as a coffee shop, I think, was a fantastic, fantastic comparison. I try. Wonderful. I try. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, to all of our listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to this episode with our transit manager, Ed Zara. Uh, you'll notice our last couple of episodes have actually gone a little bit longer than what our initial uh, thought was going to be. Uh, so hopefully you don't mind. Uh, we don't mind our conversations uh, today. No exception. Uh, just kind of really flew by for us. So hopefully you found what Ed uh, had to say interesting about transit. Um, and of course, you can visit our, our website at wellen.ca. Click on the transit link to, to learn more. And for Paul and I, thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on What's Up Welland. Welland.